Altucher, Lee, Vare, Moas, Shin. These and many others have joined us in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia to have epic discussions about Bitcoin, blockchain, and the future of digital money. In this episode, we'll revisit some of the greatest moments from the show, some of the most hilarious ones you'll hear never-before-released outtakes from the studio. Crypto prices may be down, but we are blockchain bullish and are excited that you're on this journey with us. So here we go. Come along for the best of bad crypto so far in episode number 99 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, Hey, this is Aaron Schneider at CryptoCPA.tax. Hey guys, this is Chris Dunn from Chris Dunn TV. This is John Stossel. You're listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Stay bad. It's always sunny in Bad Cryptopia, and it's a beautiful day in Denver as well. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. I'm Joel Kahn, and over there dealing with his South by Southwest SARS still is Travis Wright. Yes. Woohoo. Love you, Austin. Stay weird. <laughs> this is a fun. This will be a fun episode. This will get me out of my funk a little bit, Mister Joel Com. Uh, this, you know, we were going to have this as our 100th episode, but we flipped the switch a little bit, didn't we? We did, and we'll tell you guys why at the end of the show, and why 100 is also going to be super special. But we thought what we would do here as we're approaching 100 is go through our past shows, you know, because we've had just so many great guests. We've had 99 regular numbered episodes. Uh, we've had, what, 22 ICO spotlights and two songs um, and a, a Bitcoin and a Satoshi uh, and, um, uh, a, you know, about a dozen quickie episodes. And so we have culled together some of the best clips, some of the most profound teaching, uh, some of the, the coolest things that were said, some of the just the golden moments from the show for this best of bad crypto. Yeah, and I have 99 problems, but crypto ain't one. <laughs> no, markets go up, markets go down, and we're happy, and we're glad that you guys are here. It's the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious, Googling the things so you don't have to do it. And our sponsor for this uh, this show, actually, we've got a sponsor going forward here for a few months, and it's World Crypticon. This is an event that's taking place in Las Wages, October 31st through November 2nd of 2018 at the area hotel an amazing venue and yours truly and his truly myself and travis have been asked to help mc the event and do a bad crypto live uh for this this is going to be super fun yeah i think they said there's going to be like 127 million people there it's going to be amazing <laughs> uh yeah they've got i think it's like three to four thousand is actually this is going to be a big crypto con it's going to be a big deal, and you can go get tickets at worldcryptocon.com for that, but you can also win tickets. Uh-huh. What? What? Yep. You could win a ticket for you and a friend, so two tickets, and we're going to do this once a week. Two tickets once a week for you and a friend to go to Las Vegas World Crypticon. And then we're going to do a grand prize winner uh, probably a month or so before the event. And they're going to get an all expense paid trip to Las Vegas, oh. airfare, hotel at the area and entry to World Crypticon 
um, yeah, it's going to be big. It's going to be badass. And we get to host it, so it's going to be yeah. hilarious. And I guess we'll tell them how to enter because if you want to win tickets, there's only one way to enter, and that is you have to be on the Bad Cryptopia newsletter list. And there's a short link for you. If you'll go to badco.in forward slash WCC, that'll take you right there. Put your name, your email in, and uh, we don't spam. We just send you updates once a week, and we will draw a random email from that list once a week, and we'll be announcing who the winner is for that week on the show. So go to badco.in forward slash WCC, subscribe to the Bad Crypto Newsletter, and uh, you'll be entered to have a chance to win. Cool deal. Right on. What a, I was going to say what a long, strange trip it's been, Travis, but it's just strange. It's not really been that long. It's been nine months that we've been doing the show. That is true. And it's been an amazing ride. Who would have thought when we decided way back in the day, uh, hey, we should have the Joel and TW crypto show that we would be where we are now, huh? <laughs> hey, kids, let's put on a show. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> not me. Be the but- blockchain blockheads. Let's have the crypto circus. We're having so much fun doing this show, and we're meeting so many interesting people, and you guys are the best community. We have the best community, don't we, Mr. Travis Wright? I can assure you nobody has the better community than we have, and nobody's more humble than yeah. we are. We're the best yeah. of humility. Uh, so, you know, what we've done is we had Mikey, the intern, go through uh, on some of our old, old shows pick out some segments. Obviously, there's so much content that, you know, it's just going to be clips of a little here and a little there from different shows because we I calculated this. If you were to listen to every episode of Bad Crypto from beginning to end without sleeping, it would take you more than three days. That's we've got more than 72 hours of content we've done. So this is not two days worth of con- like you can no, travel 70, 72 hours, oh, hours, yeah, hours. Yeah, not Man. days. Three days, uh, but this Three is kind of a, days. <laughs> it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of content. And so we got a best of for you here. And at the end, for the first time, you're going to be hearing a series of outtakes that are just absolutely freaking hilarious. Of course, there's some fun stuff within the, the interviews we did as well. But um, I think we should just get right into it. Let's go. Well, let's, you know, early on. In the show, we had the opportunity to meet Roger Veer uh, at a conference that was in Aspen, right? Yeah, we were at the uh, Nexus Earth conference, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a chance to chat with Roger Ver. Uh, we had a chance to chat with Max Kaiser. Mm-hmm. We had a chance to chat with the CEO of Overstock and a few other people. We got to see Ron Paul do a presentation. It was a pretty cool event, and um, we had a chance to sit down for, what, about 30 minutes or so with Roger? Yeah, but let's just listen to a little bit of what he had to say. It is Bitcoin Jesus, Roger Ver. Do you, do you mind being introduced like that? Things didn't work out so well for the original Jesus, and yeah. I definitely didn't choose that name for myself. Yeah, so I, I, I prefer just... to be called Roger. Think about it, like Bitcoin didn't have SegWit and didn't have you know cross-chain atomic swaps for the entire you know history of Bitcoin up until a couple of weeks ago. And it went from nobody using it to millions of people around the world to where there's more podcasts even than we can count. This is the best one, of course, but there's lots of other ones as Duh. well. So, and the people that are pushing the SegWit thing, they intentionally and openly say they want Bitcoin to have high fees. They want Bitcoin transactions to be slow and indeterminate when they're going to be confirmed. 
that's kryptonite to the adoption of Bitcoin. So we should stay on the same path for Bitcoin that led to its amazing success, bringing it from zero to this you know, worldwide phenomenon that it is today. And Bitcoin Cash still has all of those characteristics. Bitcoin SegWit does not. So if you own Bitcoin on August 1st, you, also, you own Bitcoin SegWit and Bitcoin Cash. Mm-hmm. You own both of those. The Bitcoin.com wallet can help you access both of those mm-hmm. if you haven't done that yet. Number six. Number, number seven's coming soon, don't Excellent. worry. Um, we heard there's another fork coming. And there's probably another fork coming. Is too, that Segwit's so, going to fork again? So you'll have, yes. the fork's going on. Bitcoin right? Segwit's going to fork from Bitcoin Segwit 1 megabyte to Bitcoin Segwit 2 megabyte, and then you'll have Bitcoin Cash. So there'll be three versions of Bitcoin at that point. But So it just keeps, like, those of us that are hodling, we just keep getting... More and more free coins, coins. like bad coins. Yay! Only worth something. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. I think the... The SegWit one megabyte version of Bitcoin will probably be the weakest and have the lowest value of, of the three. Um, that's and that's the guess. one that's nearly four grand right now, or 3,500 or 3,700. Yeah, but all the people that are using that, I, I guess you can think that, that one contains both versions at the moment and it's getting ready to, to divide into Bitcoin SegWit one megabyte and Bitcoin SegWit two megabyte. But pretty much all the businesses and the users of that chain have all said that they're going to go in the direction of the Bitcoin SegWit two megabyte, mm. with a f- the exception of a very few loud people on the internet that don't really seem to even use Bitcoin very often, mm. or if at all. So yeah, that was it was great talking to Roger. We haven't talked to him since, and this was before Roger, you know, had his hissy fit on um, on that live video about you know i'm gonna assume he has the best intentions at heart i i don't you know we don't really know him that well he did seem like a good guy another guy that we met at the event who was was super cool was the one and only max kaiser who does his show on on rt and um he's just super funny but also super smart because he's been at this for years yeah, I, I I think I first heard about Bitcoin. One of them, no, I did not first hear about Bitcoin from from Max Kaiser. But hearing from Max Kaiser about Bitcoin reminded me about Bitcoin. I was like, oh yeah, that Bitcoin. I think actually hearing Max Kaiser talk about Bitcoin back in the day maybe reminded me that I had lost my Bitcoin. Aww, are you gonna cry again? I'm not. But there is a really cool highlight in here where I actually correct Max Kaiser. Yeah, that, and uh, this is uh, also the interview where we asked him about Jamie Dimon. So let's go to the cuts. So, sadly, uh, there are people all over the world that got the word before Americans, simply because the U.S., particularly Wall Street, is very frightened about what we talk about on the show. And you see that now with the response of Jamie Dimon and Bitcoin. Again, this morning. Yes. Again. So freaking I don't, don't want to hijack your show, but... Uh, no, hijack away. I could hijack talk away. about what he said this morning. <laughs> well, Jamie Dimon, you know, a year and a half ago or so. You're a big fan. He's a big fan of Jamie Dimon. By the way, C- CEO <laughs> of J.P. Morgan Chase. That's Jamie Dimon. Yeah, you know, he's a long-term Wall Street scoundrel, break, lawbreaker, serial fraudster. A scallywag, even? He's a scallywag. He's, he's shyster. And, uh, <laughs> you know, 18 months ago, he said that Bitcoin was going to eat Wall Street's lunch. And you know, he, so he sounded the alarm. And he also, the bank tried to patent uh, Bitcoin competitors 170 times already. They're trying to fight it in the intellectual property uh, route, the way that the uh, Digital Millennium Copyright Act, the DMCA, tries to fight copyright. And and there's, there's a whole other issue that I'd like to get into sometimes is how copyright laws are onerous. But anyway, so but they can be used in the court to shut down speech. And so he's trying to use patents to shut down 
uh, crypto. So that all failed. And now he's just resorted to name calling, acting out and trying to um, badmouth the space in public. Meanwhile, his customers around the world are buying it, uh, buying Bitcoin uh, on the dips. So he's creating dips. And now he's up for, uh, you know, violating um, anti-manipulation laws. Yeah, that's a big problem. If you're out there trying to, to influence the market by throwing out some fear and uncertainty and doubt, and then the price does go down, and then they go in and buy a whole bunch of it, that's... That's pretty unscrupulous. He's saying that it's a fraud, and yet his customers are buying it. Mm-hmm. So his, he's allowing his customers to buy something that he's stated to be a fraud. But his agents are selling it to them, right? Well, they have they have the means by which to buy it through the platform that J.P. Morgan's involved with. And so if he truly believed it was a fraud, in the legal sense of the word, they wait, that's a legal term you know, on Wall Street. I worked on Wall Street for many years. I'm sorry. And yeah, well, I mean, I'm familiar with what you, the do's and don'ts of what you can and cannot say. Fraud is a word that if you use it from the CEO of JP Morgan and then you allow customers to engage in purchasing uh, securities or uh, anything to do with what you're talking about as a fraud, you in, are committing, therefore, a, a violation. You should be, of course, it would only add to the billions and billions of dollars of fines that JP Morgan has already fa- uh, paid for peddling fraudulent investment. Bill Clinton, you know, Bill Clinton allowed, talking about Jamie Dimon, when they bought Travelers, uh, that was a violation that they had to repeal the Glass-Steagall Act to make that work. Mm-hmm. And, and they did that retroactively. So right. first, first Jamie Dimon broke, broke the law by acquiring Travelers Corp, mm-hmm. um, which is a violation uh, of the Glass-Steagall Act. And then they retro- Was that a Citibank? Didn't, yeah. Citibank and Travelers? So then, then they retroactively, um, no, well... I may, I may be getting this, this slightly confused. Citibank bought Travelers. Citibank bought Travelers. Okay, right. thank okay. you for that correction. This is wasn't, the bad crypto podcast. It's okay, so, so we're not right. always it accurate. It wasn't, but just to, okay, so let me get... I just corrected Max Kaiser. Did, you did. That? Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. That, that's, that's why you guys are, are like getting to be number one in the space. We're going to have to reconnect with, with Max at some point, Travis. He's just, he's got a lot to say. That's true. He's not at a shortage for words. You know who also has a lot to say? Episode number 47 it featured our interview with James Altucher. And I love how he started this because he he actually – I was getting ready to intro him and he's like, let, let me start this. I want to kick this one off. I was like, okay, I don't know where this is going, but um, but he did it. And this is what he said. Joel, I want to say first, you totally ruined my life. How did I do that, James? <laughs> well, when I was kind of depressed, this is like 15, 16 years ago, all day long, I would play Yahoo games. Oh, and perfect. one by one, I would try to master every single game. So I'd go from checkers to backgammon to chess to hearts to bridge. And uh, I think there was even a Yahoo Go, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know if that's for sure. But I would just spend all day long either day trading, which was stupid, or playing on Yahoo Games, which was created by you. That's absolutely fantastic. Did you use the icon of the guy with the red cap uh, goatee and glasses? I can't even remember. This is 2002. And the market was going straight down. And I literally, in order to survive, I had to make 100% a month. And I'm not, I'm, I philosophically don't really believe in, in shorting the market. I would be going long in these markets that were going straight down. And the only way, and I had so much anxiety 
And the only way I could deal with my anxiety was by, so maybe you saved my life. The only way I could deal with this anxiety was by playing games. And I would, and I can't play a game without trying to master it. So I'd buy all these books on like hearts and you wouldn't even, <laughs> you wouldn't even think there are books on hearts. Cause it's like kind of almost like a simple minded bridge, but it's actually a very complicated game. But I would, I would buy all these books on all these different games. I would try to master each one. And then can I, t- can I tell you what happened next? Please. So I got good at all these kind of standard games. And so I started thinking, boy, it would be great to have uh, an idea of a book, which is how to beat your friends and family at every game in the universe. Because by then I really knew how to like all the simple tricks to win every single game. You know, it kind of set me off on a, on a path of not writing books about games, but on constantly having new and new ideas to try to improve my life because I felt my life was was such in the gutter that uh, the very first idea I had to improve my life was to, was to make this book on games. Let's say in 2012, which can already argue was, was too late in some cases. I mean, Bitcoin started a few years earlier than that and many people became very wealthy just in those first few years. But it's, it's not too late. It wasn't too late then and it's not too late now. But in 2012, I was a skeptic. I was like, oh, who's going to use this? I, you know, how could you make such a psychological shift from, oh, oh and just to, this answers your, your, I'm going to finally answer your question from before, which is why 200 trillion? There's 200 trillion dollars worth of paper currency and, and gold billion in, in the world. And eventually I think that's going to be replaced by the problem solver, which is cryptocurrencies. So that's why I think cryptocurrencies will eventually be $200 trillion worth. Does that, does that include derivatives and whatnot? No, that does not include derivatives. Okay. So derivatives will be a much larger world, of course. So yeah, actually, if you recall, that was before James went all crypto genius and was putting ads everywhere, selling and spamming everyone his crypto wares. Well, it's not spam. He was just, he's advertising. Right. He's doing a lot of advertising and he's using a old school Internet marketing type of sales. Right. God, it, and, sounded, it seemed like it was spam. It was everywhere. And Google is now cracking down on advertising on that. And I think that part of it has to do with him because crypto genius. What does he say about this? I mean, I, I've always had held James Altucher in very high esteem. Right. He's written some amazing books. He's a really smart guy. I think his, his reputation has taken a big ding uh, yeah. due to the crypto stuff. I do as well. I think he's he's super smart. He's he's successful, and he's probably making a killing, you know, with his uh, membership site or whatever it is that he's selling. But just from the people that we've spoken with, we know his reputation is is taking a ding. Now, whether he cares or not, you know, is a whole other story. But you know, this is one of the reasons that we are not marketing any products because uh, we are not financial advisors. In case you guys hadn't heard. And we're not going to be creating any courses to sell you. We're, you know, we're not looking to doing that. We are in probably in episode 101. I think we're going to be officially announcing our event. I just kind of put us on the spot here, if maybe one or two soon. Um, and, you know, we'll sell tickets to that at a very reasonable price. But um, we're not going down this road that the crypto genius is. That is true. Uh, you know what? We thought about it because you know what? Joel has done info products with different things in the past. Written, we've both written books. Uh, I mean, I've written a book. Together, we've written books. And uh, we thought about it. And then we said, you know what? We don't really want to do that to our audience. We would rather give them content for free. That way they trust us. And, uh, you know, we do have the ICO Spotlight bonus episode once a week. Uh, that is a sponsored 
uh, a new episode, but all the rest of our content is, you know, free for everyone to listen to. Actually, all of our content is free to listen to. Yeah, and there's actually no ICO information, no ICO spotlight, um, you know, outtakes or, or clips in this episode. This is all interviews. So um, we finally, in episode 54, I believe our first crypto check joined us on the show, right? Was, wasn't uh, Naomi Brockwell the first one that we had on the show? I don't know. I think Naomi Brockwell is a crypto queen. <laughs> she's bit, she's bitcoin girl and she's great fun she's super smart and made for a real entertaining and informative interview so over to you naomi so i actually started making videos about bitcoin like 2012 and uh it was more interviews people early on in the space. And then I made the video because I was already calling myself Bitcoin girl. I, I called myself Bitcoin girl because it wasn't taken. And I was like, all right, I'll be that. And uh, now it's <laughs> kind of like, to much to my chagrin, uh, has stuck. And so now I'll go to like professional conferences and things. And I'll be like, oh, well, I'm a serious television producer and serious film producer. And they'll be like, it's Bitcoin girl. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> You know, there are lots of crypto chicks in the space. I think you guys haven't been trying hard enough. Like you look at any industry, there's always going to be a skew. My background was in classical music and acting, and there was a huge skew of women. You know, there weren't as many men in that. Acting. Acting. Opera. A thespian. Um, Master thespian. It makes sense that people are interested in different things. More women were interested in opera. More men seem to be interested in cryptography and crypto. That doesn't mean that it has to be that way. And I know there are lots of people who are trying to get more women involved and sort of figuring out, like, what are they interested in? And, of course, you can't stereotype all women either. Um, some of my closest friends, they're involved in in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, and they're doing amazing things. So it, it really just, yeah, it's, uh, I think, to get mainstream adoption from women, maybe you just have to figure out how to reach out to them and what, what things are they interested in and uh, what can Bitcoin offer them. And I just want to say thank you to Naomi. She has said that I'm her favorite, so that's really cool. Well, maybe she tells you that, but she tells me that I'm her favorite. So I think she's playing both sides here, Travis. Well, I can assure you our next guest likes me more than you. I don't know. I don't know if he's, you know what, you know what he likes? He likes Litecoin uh, because he left his position at Coinbase to go back to his first passion, which was uh, because he's the developer of Litecoin. It was none other than Charlie Lee. And this was a really popular episode. Litecoin, people aren't really using Litecoin as much as Bitcoin, and the blocks are relatively empty. So all your Litecoin transactions will go in immediately into the next block. Whereas for Bitcoin, if you don't pay enough fees, you may need to wait, right? And eventually your your transactions will go in if you pay the minimum fee, but you just need to wait until kind of the Bitcoin network works through all the transaction backlog. So that's one thing. The second is I made... um, Litecoin blocks four times faster than Bitcoin. So Bitcoin's a 10-minute blocks. You wait 10 minutes per block on average. And for Litecoin, it's two and a half minutes for, trend, for blocks on average. And it's a trade-off, right? If by doing it, by making faster blocks, you're creating also potentially creating more orphans because as miners find a block, they may not prop- propagate a block fast enough before the next block is found because of how much faster it is. So there's a little bit more wasted work. But so it's a trade off, 
Right. So, so I hear you saying that as Litecoin picks up adoption, the blocks get busier, that it's going to slow down or are is the lightning or are the, the things that you've implemented now going to make sure that it, it's going to keep up the same level of speed? On, like scaling on chain is not the solution. So you can't just make blocks bigger and bigger. So Litecoin blocks are effectively four times the size of Bitcoin blocks. So we already have a kind of we're already a step ahead of Bitcoin in that sense. And so we'll have enough time before our blocks fill up. We'll have enough time to for something like Lightning Networks or other secondary solutions to fully develop and take off a lot of this load before it actually will congest Litecoin's block space. So I'm confident that by the time we need it, we'll be ready. Like there'll be Lightning on Litecoin and Bitcoin, and then there's be cross-chain atomic swaps and lots of transactions. Litecoin and Bitcoin will be, will be able to handle like all the transactions uh, demand by then. I like Charlie. Charlie bit me. I like Charlie too. Charlie's a good dude. And uh, you know what? He had some pretty good market ideas to get out of Litecoin at the near the all-time high. <laughs> yeah, he did. I mean, he sold it, what, 340 or something? And, Not bad. Um, you know, it's about 100 or 120 right now. And, and I'm like, ah, I wish I was as smart as Charlie Lee. But I'm hodling. I'm hodling. Mm-hmm. You know who else is really smart? is uh, Mr. Stan Larimer. Stan was our guest on episode number 64, calls himself the godfather of BitShares. And uh, what's up, BitShares? What is up? And Badcoin, by virtue of riding on top of that, is one of the fastest coins in the world. And so you can be among the fast coins of the world, uh, three-second transmission times, by simply issuing your coin on top of the BitShares platform. Maybe we're not so bad after all, Travis. Pretty, maybe, maybe bad coin isn't so bad. It's pretty decent. Pretty decent, in fact. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah, you should, decent coin. You should call it fast bad coin. <laughs> fast coin. Wait, well, maybe we'll do a fork. We'll fork bad coin. <laughs> <laughs> the world needs more forks for sure. Yeah. And you know, as you remember, Stan is the father of Dan Larimer, who created BitShares and Steam and EOS. Uh, really smart, uh, really smart guy, and uh, Stan, brilliant fellow as well. So you can tell that the uh, the acorn does not fall too far from the tree, which makes sense because gravity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, now, one of the more controversial cryptos out there is XRP uh, in you know Ripple dot com, and we were fortunate enough to welcome the CEO of Ripple, Brad Garlinghouse, to episode number sixty seven. And I like that dude, too. I thought that that was a really great interview, if I don't mind saying so myself. And what I really like about him is that he went to school at the University of Kansas, same as me. So Rock Chalk Jayhawk, as we like to say, during the month of March Madness, and it is truly madness. And uh, Brad is a um, he's an alumni at KU. And uh, in this little little clip, he talks about his opinion on banks and uh, countries starting their own coin and some other Coinbase rumors. So this is great stuff. You know, uh, the short answer is I think Swift has kind of been stuck in a model and a framework that was developed decades ago in terms of how this works. And it's, I mean, I make this joke, but it's actually serious. It's kind of funny. But if I wanted to get money to London today, or, you know, pick a more, you know, I don't go to Brazil. I need to get $10,000 to Brazil. The fastest way for me to do that is to drive down the road, Highway 101, to San Francisco's International Airport, buy a ticket to Rio, and fly it there. 
you know, I can stream video from the space station and I can't move my own money from point A to point B efficiently. Like it's just kind of crazy. Right. So look, I, I think, you know, Swift has served a purpose. I think there are much more efficient ways for this to work. And, you know, I'm really pleased by the momentum and the engagement we're getting from banks around the world and payment providers around the world. Now, things really started to get interesting when we met Ronnie Moass. And Ronnie has since become a friend of the show, and he's been on three times now. Uh, he's active in our uh, uh, bad crypto mastermind at bitco.in forward slash mastermind. Sometimes a little controversial. His style is unique, but you can't deny that he is, um, uh, he's very well respected and accurate in his predictions and his analysis of the financial markets. Yeah, I think he was on episode, the first one was badco.in forward slash 060 and then 070080. We had him on there for a nice little, uh, a nice little time, and uh, he's a, he is an interesting character. I don't believe there are 20 names in crypto right now that deserve multi-billion dollar valuations, and some people are going to get burned really badly if they are running concentrated portfolios that are focused on a few of those speculative names that have come out of nowhere. Um, some of them may be there for a good reason. Some of them are just being pumped and they will be dumped. And uh, people have to be really careful. I tried to pick a top on this rotation out of Bitcoin. Um, I think it was January 2nd, if I'm not mistaken, I put out a tweet and I said that I think that this shift of $100 billion out of Bitcoin and into the altcoins, I think that trade is, is you know, getting a little bit um, mature. How, how did we meet Ronnie? Uh, somebody introduced us. I, I really can't remember or was a recommendation, but we reached out to him and said, do you want to come on the show? And um, I would you know, love to come on the Bad Crypto Podcast. <laughs> I have to say it disgusts me that more people do not listen to the Bad Crypto Podcast, Joel. More people should. <laughs> Mr. Ronnie Moes, I agree with you. And uh, we thank you for the aggressive nature of your evangelizing for the show. We appreciate that. He is actually quite the clown. You know, he messages you and me on, on Facebook with some pretty funny and interesting stuff. He's a prankster. He, um, <laughs> in the mastermind group, he took, a, he, he was in Las Vegas. He said he, he spent the better part of the morning going around the sports stores to try to find a, a Kansas City Royals hat that he could wear so that way he could make a joke on me, which was pretty funny. So we joke on each other. It's not just Travis joking on Ronnie. It's mo it's more Travis joking on Ronnie than Ronnie joking on Travis. But, yeah. but Ronnie has a great sense of humor. He's a funny dude. He is. You know, on the show, we often uh, we, we summon our guests by mentioning their name, saying, you know, we'd really like to have so-and-so on the show. And several episodes, uh, you know, we talked about having Laura Shin, who is the host of the very popular, more popular than Bad Crypto, Unchained podcast. You know, she's been doing it for years. She's got a fantastic audience. And now she's got a second podcast called Unconfirmed. And finally, in episode number 84, Laura said, sure, I'll do the interview. The one for arguments for investing in Bitcoin has three and a half times more page views than the one against because people are, they're only looking for confirmation. They're not looking for. They don't want bad news. They don't want to think about that negative stuff. They don't want to think about those, those consequences. Only feed me the sunshine. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I worry a little bit. I'm like, oh, you know, if you're putting money into this, but you're not thinking about how it might go south, like what if you put in an, an amount that 
you know, you're not willing to lose, but then you lose it. Like that's dangerous. So, you know, so yeah, we've seen, I mean, like, I think there is so much interesting potential in the technology. And I, obviously we've seen this last year, just how quickly things can take off. But like I said, I I do worry a little bit about the bubble aspects that we are seeing. It, it, It definitely concerns me. I actually got to meet her. Uh, face-to-face finally just in uh, in Austin just this last week at South by Southwest. And she was very kind. She was moderating um, a panel all about the cryptos. And uh, Laura, thanks for coming on. And, and of course, you're welcome to come back anytime. Great. All right. Uh, one of the more recent interviews that we had uh, was with Carter Thomas. And Carter Thomas has a very popular YouTube channel where he talks about technical analysis and how he learned about uh, technical analysis over over the past you know couple few years, and uh, he shares some really interesting insights uh, about that on on episode ninety one. The first thing that I think is really important for most people, or for everyone, myself included, to always, constantly remember is that nobody has any idea what a a real price of any crypto is. You know, all the, all these valuations are really can be defined in any which way. In other words, the same price, Carter Moon. (laughs) It's all just just Lambo. That's at the end of the at the end of the tunnel. Uh, And I think that I I kind of have the assumption that pretty much everything is inherently overpriced. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the assumption I go in with. And so when you when you remove that idea that Bitcoin, for example, is worth nineteen thousand dollars, and instead you look at it and say, look, this is all overpriced. What can I look at? What do I know is true? Well, fundamentals of, of you know, manias, fundamentals of chart structures, those are all true and those are all very pertinent to what we're looking at. And so when you look at something going parabolic, even if it's going to change the world, even if it is the most disruptive technology in history, you can't defy the laws of dopamine, which is you know the, the kind of manifestation of what these charts really represent. And so when I saw it come down, or as I see it do its thing, it's just a natural progression. It just kind of needs to happen for the the market to expand. Like that's just what markets do. And so I think taking the the dream out of crypto, which is a very unsexy idea, but I think it's the only way to to really look at it and just say this is just what's happening. You know, it was is incredibly fast run up. This was this this had to happen uh, in order for it to be a healthy chart, for it to help be a healthy market, so to speak, and for the money to redistribute properly as markets do. Don't take my dreams, Carter Thomas. Don't be stealing <laughs> my dreams. I'm I'm trying. Ah, oh, freaking dreams, dude. I know. I got a huge. I got a big uh, garbage bag uh, full of everyone's dreams over here. It's great. Dream thief. Yeah, that's right. Carter is a, just a real down to earth you know, even-minded guy. And I really like his approach to crypto. It's very thoughtful. Uh, Now, this one, which was just a few episodes ago, is actually one of the more thought-provoking interviews that we've done. We had Tone Vase on, and we did not see what was coming when we got to the conversation about Bitcoin and altcoins. Here it is. Well, I'll quickly mention EOS. So uh, when EOS was releasing their token and their terms and conditions, they made it very clear that this token has absolutely no monetary value. It has absolutely no monetary function. Uh, they basically told you that they have zero obligation 
to do anything with that token. So the purchase of that token was 100% speculative. Now, you can say that, oh, they're only saying that in the terms of conditions so the regulators wouldn't get them. Uh, Now, the regulators aren't stupid. So when the regulators see that you put something in your terms and conditions for the sole purpose of avoiding regulation, they will come down on you even harder, okay? Because they know that you're only doing it to pretend that you're not doing it. So that's actually even worse, okay? Now, uh, the concept of an EOS token is the same concept as the Ethereum token. Uh, These applications try to convince you that they need their token in order to function. In reality, they don't. See, Bitcoin needed a token to be moved around on the Bitcoin blockchain because that was the purpose of the token to be moved around as money. Ethereum's token is actually to be used to pay for a smart contract. So in reality, what Ethereum is trying to convince people and EOS and all these other application tokens, they're trying to convince you that Amazon would be more successful if every single product you bought from Amazon, you had you the only currency you could use is Amazon speculative stock. They're trying to convince you that the only token to be accepted is their currency. Netflix would have a better business if only they accepted Netflix stock as the only currency for your subscription. Uh, I'll take it one step further. Like eBay, um, the only currency on on eBay would be PayPal. And sorry, the only currency on eBay would be eBay stock that you now have to go buy. But how do you go and buy eBay stock in order to pay for something on eBay? You have to buy it from an exchange or a broker. So fine, you're going to go to E-Trade and you're going to buy the stock of eBay to buy from eBay. But the only only currency that E-Trade accepts in order to sell you eBay stock is eBay stock. Sorry, So, so it becomes this like, crazy cycle where every single person only accepts their own currency that they print and create at will. And that makes absolutely no economic sense whatsoever. And I don't understand why the world hasn't figured this out yet. Yeah, Tone, very interesting guy. And you know what? We like to have, you know, different points of view on the show. We also had another interview that we didn't actually pull any in from for this particular episode, but we also talked with uh, Peter Schiff of Gold Money, and uh, he is very bearish on Bitcoin doesn't like it at all. So you know what, we are not shilling for any particular coin at all, except for bad coin. I mean, we will always shill for bad coin, right? Well, of course, uh, gold money now takes Bitcoin to buy your gold. So yeah, I think <laughs> so there is we, that. that conference, I, I think helped convince him to that uh, they should take a look at it. You know, as I go through the podcast feed, there's so many other interviews that we've had, you know, we have we've had John Stossel has been on the show. And uh, Amanda Johnson with Dash has been with us. John Wise has spent some time with us. Brian Keen, uh, Jameson Lop, Justin Wu, and the list goes on and on. It's and, and there's so many more to come. In fact, we've got a surprise for you that we'll tell you about at the end of the show who our guest is for episode 100. But before we do that, uh, Aaron, our producer, as well as Mikey, the intern, have found a number of outtakes and clips that this is funny stuff. I mean, there's funny stuff that makes the show, but there's some stuff that we end up cutting that um, is equally funny. And then there's some, some of these are actually from the episodes. You might recall, you might recall some of them. 
Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, we're just recording stuff before a show that we crack in jokes, and so that gets recorded too. So this is a whole menagerie, a potpourri of bad crypto shenanigans. A potpourri, as it would be pronounced if it was phonetically accurate. Designed to help investors match their buys and sells with success. Thelve? <laughs> and buy them thelve. Buy them that by all by yourself. <laughs> Investors match their buys and their sells. What, what? What the hell can I not say? Self. 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 Let's start over. Magical internet money. Sunny, sunny. Forget about it. You, you you do know the reference from The Godfather, right? Uh, no, I've actually never seen The Godfather. Okay, this show is over. <laughs> Travis is going to go watch The Godfather right now. I've heard the references, though. Make enough, you can't refuse. Uh, yeah. That's good. How have you lived your whole life and not seen The Godfather, Travis? Dude, I don't watch a whole lot of movies, man. I spend my time researching the cryptos, and uh, <laughs> I don't watch Even movies. back in the 70s when The Godfather was out, Travis was a futurist. I don't know. <clears throat> hey, Travis. Hey, what? <laughs> Go watch The Godfather. It's classic. I don't want to. If, you, if, if you don't, you're going to end up with a horse's head in your bed. I don't care about that. Here are people in the pre pre ICO stage. You got it. Yeah, the ICO wait, stage. Wait, kind of go back because it's so hard to do this with this mic. Well, you need more hands. Then can you go? It's just Aaron's going to be like ah, yeah. Travis. Hold the mic. Yeah. Oh, they're all very gaseous. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I do is explosive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, somehow I got muted. All right. I did that whole teaser being muted. <laughs> okay, here we go. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. We are the two dudes. I'm Joel Com. He's Travis Wright. Hello, dude Travis. Okay, now you're muted. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Yeah, let's get into this. That was awesome. <clears throat> Hold on. Yes, let's do that. Let's go ahead and get it going. Nope, that sucked too. Uh, let's get started, folks. <laughs> that was also horrible. <laughs> okay. Well, Aaron can fix that. That's good. <clears throat> he can fix anything. Um, you're the best, Aaron. You're the best Aaron that I know. You're the best Aaron that there is. Aaron of all the Aarons. Well, my girlfriend's name is Aaron. But it spells a difference. So, yeah, different. so of the ones who spell it your way, you're the best. <laughs> 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 you should cut that like when we come in like that did not have sexual relations with this podcast <laughs> Santa says what? Santa says ho ho ho, bitches. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
just I just snorted. I never fucking snort. <laughs> ah, that was horrible. Um, I'm a I'm a fabulous <laughs> mush mouth. It's you. You do get that reference, right? Yeah, you know, at first it sounded like a Muppet, but then I thought, wait, that's a Fat Albert character. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to do a Muppet, although I could. I'm say, not going say, to. I mean, when you listen to this, you're going to be like, yeah, you know, that did kind of sound like a Muppet. Yeah. Why are there so many <laughs> songs about rainbows? Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? <laughs> we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Oh, we're eastbound. Just watch old bandit run. Well, this has been a great run, and uh, we're not going away, guys. We're just getting started here. We've got travels ahead of us. In fact, we are headed to the Young Entrepreneur Convention for our next event. This is taking place in Des Moines, Iowa to do Bad Crypto Live at the Young Entrepreneur Convention. It's April 20th and 21st at the Downtown Marriott in Des Moines, Iowa. I got to keynote this event last year, Travis, and uh, it was fantastic. It was it was really great. Um, great attendees. And this year, if you go to yeconvention.com, you can get tickets to this event. Um, the speakers that are going to be there include the one and only Jason Calacanis. Jason, you know, is is a multi, uh, probably a nine-figure millionaire, I would guess. And he's been around the internet forever. They've got a former Miss Iowa, Brooke Mike Mickelson, is going to be there. And uh, you and I, Travis, are going to do Bad Crypto Live at this event. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to being at the Young Entrepreneurs uh, Conference there. And afterwards... I'm going to go to somewhere even more remote than Des Moines, Iowa, and I'm going to go to the old entrepreneurs conference where we tell people to get off our damn lawns. Yeah, you're actually, you're going to like Ukraine or something, aren't you? Going to Ukraine. Yes, I am. And that will be at the end of, in the end of March. And uh, there's another thing I'm doing in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, before the uh, event in Des Moines. We're all over, Mr. Jocom. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. And we're going to the Cayman Islands for the World Tokenomic Forum. More about that coming soon. Um, episode 100 is coming up next. And we're super excited about this. If you're not yet subscribed to the show, please do. If you haven't taken a moment to review the Bad Crypto Podcast, it means so much to us. If you'll just take a minute to go do that on whatever platform it is that you listen. And rather than tell you who's coming up next, in episode number 100 of the show, we're going to let him tell you himself. I'm John Mackerson, and I've been on with these uh, badasses on Bad Crypto for the past hour. I'm very happy to leave them, but I will tell you this, they are badasses. Thank you. So we'll see you guys for an epic episode number 100. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's 
and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.